Welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you this morning. Good to see you. What is this uh, full moon? There's a harvest moon today, tonight, last night. Last night, yes. Yeah, well, right. Harvest Moon, and, and today, that as we're recording, it's um, September 11th. Um, 9 11. It, it's always a it's always a, a tough day for a lot of people. Um, mm. and, and while we're not going to talk about that specifically, because I'm sure that there will be lots in the media for people to to listen to and to um, kind of go back and 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 re-explore some of those thoughts and feelings about that experience, mm. but. Today, we're going to talk, um, sort of continue our talk from last week. Uh, you know, last week, we talked about depression. Um, and, and we heard from some listeners uh, who have questions about some of this and are, are, are um, concerned about depression and how it relates to another topic we've talked about many, many, many moons ago, uh, many months ago. Many harvest is, moons ago. Yeah, many harvest moons ago. The um, idea of a nervous breakdown or a mental breakdown and how the two are similar and how they're different. And so we thought we would yeah, talk. I never, I never would have thought about that, but it was really a good question that, that one of our listeners um, asked us, you know, what, what's the difference between a nervous breakdown or, or a mental breakdown, but the terms are used synonymously. What's the difference between being depressed and having a nervous breakdown and I thought oh that's kind of an interesting question actually because it brings up it raises a number of really critical issues when it comes to depression right um and one of them is is from the guardian um it's from the uk and a psychologist wrote in she said and the title of the article was I'm a psychologist and I believe we've been told devastating lies about mental health um and then my, uh, my son came over yesterday with a book entitled The End of Mental Illness uh, by Daniel Amen. And there's this, uh, the notion in The Guardian by the, the psychologist in the UK is, you know, let's be careful about medicalizing what are li simply life stressors. Right. I mean, we, um, you know, if a person's in a traumatic um, life, having a, a difficult life, a toxic environment, um, it's the environment that's creating the problem. So we want to be careful that we don't, we don't medicalize it. You know, are we medicalizing what's really normal variance in behavior? And I think it, it's a good point. And so when you think about depression and nervous breakdown, that's really part of what we're talking about is that maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you're just struggling with the challenges of day-to-day -day life experiences. Right. And so there, there's a, um, we'll kind of tease a couple of things apart here, because a lot of times when we think about nervous breakdowns or mental breakdowns, we think about a, a, a total sort of deterioration of our mental stability. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes we, we equate that to having to be hospitalized and, mm -hmm. and even further. And, and that does happen at times. Right. But most of the time, when people talk about having a mental breakdown or a, a nervous breakdown, what they're really talking about are, are periods of time when they become so very overwhelmed, um, so so highly stressed that they, they they are just having a difficult time temporarily functioning, right. and and so they have a hard time making decisions, and they may um, you know they may kind of withdraw from other people a little bit and everything, but it's it's this sort of it, it tends to be somewhat temporary. Um, right. that's what we're typically talking about when we talk about mental breakdowns or, um, nervous breakdowns. That's right. Because what you have on the one hand 
are all the challenges that most of us face, you know, raising children, balancing career and family, um, dealing with uh, uh, pain, chronic pain or, or, or chronic illness. Um, the sandwich generation, you know, you're caught between raising your own kids and taking care of elderly parents, paying our bills and making, making money stretch. Um, and so there's, on the one hand, you have all those personal challenges. On the other hand, we live in a world that sometimes feels like things are really falling apart. You know, you, you have a, we're beginning to experience sea rise, you know, more and more countries um, are experiencing elevated uh, sea levels. And um, we have climate catastrophes are increasing um, with a, the war in Ukraine, you know, where suddenly one man decides to go in and completely destroy another country, you know, and the mass shooting and the toxic political environment in our country um, and in other countries. I mean, it's not just our country. Our country is not the only one experiencing inflation right now. Uh, there's inflation all over the world. So on the one hand, you have the, your personal challenges. On the other hand, the world is beginning to feel like an unsafe place um, for, for, for climate and mass shootings and all the other problems that, that confront us. And then these two things, of course, are, are, are working against each other and it makes each worse. You know, your personal problems make, you know, world problems worse, world problems make your problems worse. And so the two of them combine and, and each one of them um, is, is worse because of the synergy between the two. So it's not surprising that we read articles like one in four young adults are being treated for mental illness in 2021. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that there's a, you know, when you think about these aspects, you think about these, um, you know, all those stressors that you that you mentioned, both both in, intrinsic or internal to oneself in one's own life, uh, as well as those things happening around us. And we, we all have different, we'll say, just call it tolerance levels that we can right. cope with those those different issues um, so that you have some people who you know, seem to be able to manage things relatively well day to day. And you have someone right next to them that looks, you know, right. has very similar demographics and everything, but are having, they're having a difficult time. Right. And th those, those individual uh, variations happen. And, you know, we know that that is the case because we can see it. And we know that our, our own experiences, you know, the things that you experienced in childhood can either build you up and provide some resilience to help you cope with it better or can it can ha cause some um some some variables or factors that make it more difficult for you to to deal with those things so all of that being the case i, I think it's really important to recognize that um you know that just being overwhelmed with all of this life stuff doesn't necessarily mean that there's a mental illness Exactly. You know, we know the numbers are increasing. We talk about it all the time that, you know, suicide rates are up and more and more people are experiencing mental illness, mental problems, the pandemic. Um, all this stuff is combined to, we know, to increase rates of mental illness. Part of the problem is only about half, more than half of adults and youngsters who are struggling with mental illness never receive treatment. Okay, and so you have this sort of vulnerable population anyway. But 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 the fact remains that there there has been this combination, this this feeling that things are spinning out of control, that's affecting 
some people far more than it's affecting others. Some people are resilient, you know, as you say, um, other people are more fragile. And so we see these rates increasing, um, but, we're and, but we're talking about, you know, one in four or uh, half the population. So we know we have a problem. We know that there's a problem somewhere with, with right. increasing rates of mental illness. But it's important to know if I'm having, if I have a mental illness right. or if I'm just um, struggling with my life experiences and I'm, I'm experiencing something like a mental breakdown. Right. Yeah. You know, I can remember my mother talking about this stuff. Yeah. yeah I don't know whether you, but years and years and years and years ago, probably two generations now, I can remember my mother using the phrase nervous breakdown. You know, mm -hmm. that somebody, an aunt or a friend or somebody had a nervous breakdown. I was too young to know exactly what she meant, but I knew it was serious because it was in hushed tones, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was usually a, a woman because men didn't have mental breakdowns in those days. You know, the, the only women had mental breakdowns. Yeah. And um, men, just got, men just got angry and took it out on their wives and their kids. <laughs> <laughs> it would make life worse for the women who were having mental breakdowns. Um, but it was something about they couldn't take the pressure or they they crumbled under the pressure of, of all of their responsibilities, you know, of taking care of kids and taking care of a husband and taking care of a house, and they would just come apart. Um, and so to understand this difference of mental breakdown versus mental illness, we found this really cogent, really good explanation that was provided by the Cleveland Clinic in one of their, um, one of their websites, had a very, what we thought was a very good explanation of, of a mental breakdown. Right, um, last week we talked about the difference between capital D depression and lowercase d depression. Um, right. Capital D depression, meaning this the formal diagnosis of depression, and the lowercase d, meaning the, the depressed mood that all of us right. have, that all uh, us right all of us have experienced. Right. But the same can be said about anxiety. There's a capital A anxiety, and there's a lowercase a anxiety, um, right. because we again we have all experienced anxiety before. And so, when we think about what we we're actually feeling, overwhelming stress, anxiousness, depressive symptoms. Just because we're experiencing those things doesn't mean that we, that it's a diagnosis, right? Uh, um, and and I think that many times, you know, I, I know this is certainly the case with a lot of the patients I've seen. When they start experiencing those things, and they go to Doctor Google and they're typing in these symptoms and everything, and they and it says, oh, well, people who feel that way have you know major depressive disorder, or mm -hmm. they have generalized anxiety disorder, or they have this, or they have right. that. That only contributes to that, that that pathologizing of it only contributes to the stress. It makes the stress even worse. Oh, now, you know, on one hand, there's some relief that okay, that there's something that this is something that um, that is defined that people know about and, and and all that. But on the other hand, there's this sense of okay, now I'm disordered. Right now, there's something pathologically wrong in pathology that I'm dealing with. That I have to receive treatment for, or that you know, you know, it, depending on where, what website you read, it may say that it'll never go away, or it could lead to suicidal ideation, or it could lead to this problem or that problem, and so that contributes now to the stress. So not only am I dealing with all these things in my life, 
all this stuff happening in the world, but now I have depression, I have major depressive disorder. Right. That's a problem. Right. right. That something's wrong with me. Right. You know, that I've, we've medicalized these symptoms. Okay. Right. So, and you're right. Just because you have the symptoms does not mean you have a diagnosis. Okay. And so, what Cleveland Clinic says is uh, they explain what you feel stress, anxiety, depression, um, but it's not a diagnosis. Um, rather, it's a, an, the, I think the way I think about a mental breakdown is that it's, it's what happens to you when you're under extreme physical or emotional stress. Mm -hmm. And it's so extreme that you have difficulty coping with it and you become emotionally overwhelmed. I mean, it just it just feels like this tsunami has just bashed you down. Right. Um, the feelings are similar. The emotions are similar uh, to having a diagnosis. But one of the key differences is that with a mental breakdown, there's some event or change that causes stress and produces these very overwhelming feelings of anxiety and depression. And I think the first differentiation is the experience of some event. It can be it can be the death of a loved one, a job change, a geographic relocation, some sort of disappointment. Um, it makes me think of that book, David and Goliath. And he talks about the young woman who was a straight A student, got accepted to Brown University. Right. And she was taking an advanced chemistry class as a freshman and got a B on a test. And she could just came, she unraveled. And she had to leave the university right. um, because she just came apart. Um, that was the event that created the tipping point for her right. and, and she had to leave. So with a mental breakdown, there's some event, some, some definable event that you can attribute this, this um, overwhelming sense that I can't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. And, 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 so, and that's the difference between, as the Cleveland Clinic talks about it, it's the difference between a mental or nervous breakdown and right. One of these other true mental health conditions, true mental illnesses. Um, so the signs and symptoms are, are very similar. That that same right. yeah. withdrawal from activities, withdrawal from others. That mm -hmm. same kind of depressive symptoms, of same anxiety feelings, sometimes right. paranoia, and those kinds of symptoms. Um, but it, it, it's it's different, not just because there is that definable, identifiable. Um, a triggering event, but because, um, you know, when you look at the diagnostic criteria for depression and anxiety and some of these other things, the person just doesn't meet the criteria. Um, right. and, and what I always worry that happens is, is that, again, we go to Dr. Google and we put in these things, and, and then as you're reading, it's, it always reminds me of like a horoscope. Um, as you're reading the diagnostic criteria, oh yeah, that that applies to me. Well, it doesn't really apply to you, but you're going, you feel like it applies to you because you think, oh well, yeah, I do, it does affect me at work, and so yeah, there is an impairment in functioning at work, or right. it, it 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 is doing this, and oh, I, I do think about that sometimes. When you know you really don't, but your work you you apply it to yourself because. You want an answer as to what's going on. You want to understand what's happening to you, and so you find ways to make it fit and 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 work within the system and the, the experiences you're having. So, right. it, it, so it's really um, it's a really it's a really big challenge for us when we start to see patients who have these some of these issues 
and they're struggling with some of these things because they'll come in and they'll talk about this. And I think that that's why we're seeing such an increase in the diagnoses of depression and anxiety and all these other things because people come in with the terminology, right. with the, knowing the diagnostic criteria. And so they're already affirming things because not that they're being deceitful, but because they um, they want that answer. They, they need that um, affirmation. Right, that's right. And we, we can't forget that you know, insurance companies contribute to this because they want a diagnosis, right? Okay? And so, um, because that's what you get reimbursed for making a diagnosis. So there is some temptation to, to make the diagnosis because, because the person will get reimbursed mm -hmm. if they have a specific diagnosis. So there's that, that, that additional problem. But you're right, the signs and symptoms are the same. Uh, we've already talked about the causes. The causes are, are some severe personal experience, a tragedy, a loss, or a change in circumstances. But also work stress can be a factor. You know, we, we, we hear a lot these days about quiet quit, um, mm -hmm. where people are, are saying, wait a minute, uh, you pay me for 40 hours a week and I'll give you 40 hours. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be available on weekends. I'm gonna turn my phone off, I'm gonna yeah. turn my computer off. And people are starting to set these boundaries because they know that they're getting overwhelmed. I mean, you, Ernie, you and I both see a lot of people professionals who are working 50, 60, yeah. sometimes 70, 80 hours a week, um, they may or may not be compensated for all that work, mm -hmm. but it creates an enormous amount of stress. And right. that's the, that's the, that's beginning down that slippery slope of, um, of, of when you're headed toward a, a kind of a mental breakdown is right. that you're just overextended. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you're experiencing some of these things, um, you know, you might be wondering when should I, when should I go get treatment? When should I seek right. support or help for this? And, and I, th I think it's important to, to take that next step when, you know, things are really starting to be, be influenced in your life. Like if you, if you're right. having a hard time getting out of bed um, or you're, you're not caring for your hygiene, can't go to work anymore, you're not taking care of um, certainly if you're not taking care of your kids or, you know, the obligations of, of taking care of other people in, in your family, as soon as you, once you start getting to that point, once you start seeing those as issues, certainly you need to go get some help. If you're having really negative thoughts about yourself and, um, you know, obviously if there's any concerns, this is, um, national suicide, um, prevention awareness month, you know, so if you're having any suicidal thoughts or self-harming thoughts, you know, you should, you should seek help, uh, because, there is, there is treatment for this. Right. right. Yeah, because at least find out if what you're dealing with is, is if you have a diagnosis, you know, certainly you want to find out. On the other hand, it just may be that you're, you're caught in a situation that's creating more stress than you're able to handle. And right. so that's the first thing you have to figure out is what, you know, what am I dealing with here? I certainly have all the all the signs of these things, but I'm not exactly sure what I'm dealing with. So let's let's do that first. Okay, right. Let's find out. Yeah, I, I think that we we had a we did a podcast on this. My goodness, it's probably been a couple of years ago, and we need to we need to bring this back, I think, and do another sort of an update on it. But so often we 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 put the blame and the um, all the issues on ourselves, right? Right. We, um, right. The, the previous podcast that we did, we, we talked about how, you know, people are often much more willing to go get on psychiatric medications for dealing with 
um, the dissatisfaction that they have with an unhappy life. You know, right. they don't they don't like their job or they're unhappy in a relationship that they're in. Um, but instead of doing anything about the environment, changing the environment they're in, they'd rather go and say, right. well, uh, you know, be diagnosed with depression or something and be put on a medication. Um, right. So really all the medication yeah. is doing is, is helping them to not feel the dissatisfaction that they have with their, their unhappy life. When, you know, right. one of the first treatments may be, uh, first line of treatment, maybe let's figure out how to change your environment. If, you, if right. you're really that dissatisfied with your job, really mm -hmm. that dissatisfied with what's happening at, at work, well, what steps can we take to get you another job? Uh, right. uh, help you find somewhere else to work so that, or, or to at least change that part of the environment, that, that part of your life. Um, let's, not, let's not focus on what medication can we get you on so that you don't care. Let's get you on it. Let, right. Let's fix your life so that you can have a happy life. Right. Yeah. Once you decide that it's a mental breakdown or it's a nervous breakdown, whether you're having one or you're headed toward one, there are really two, two areas of treatment. Right. One is you change the environment. The other is you change yourself. Right. Okay. And, and we acknowledge that, you know, I talked to a guy one time who said he, he worked, I think he lived in, I think he lived in Tampa and his job was in St. Petersburg. So he did drive across one of those bridges. Yeah. And he said he'd get about halfway across the bridge and he wanted to turn around and go home. And he said he would get to the parking lot of his office. And he would just sit in his car and he, he, he didn't want to get out of the car. It's like not wanting to get out of bed. Right. He didn't want to go into that office. Right. Now, that's that's probably nervous, nervous breakdown, mental breakdown. Um, right. That's not because he's depressed. So the first treatment is change the environment. The second is change yourself, because there are times if this guy couldn't quit that job, if for some reason he had to stay in that job and he couldn't change his conditions, right. then he'd have to start working on himself. So there are people, I can remember my uncle got transferred one time. I came from a very close family. And one of the members of the family got transferred to another city. And it was a very difficult decision for them, very difficult transition. But they had to do it in right. order. I mean, he had five children, you know, he didn't have a choice. So he had to do things to change himself. Okay, he didn't have a choice. So there are times when you can't change your environment, quit your job, leave your marriage, and you have, but you can do things for yourself. So if you find yourself in a toxic environment, job, uh, marriage, relationship, you have to think about changing it. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to, if, if you shouldn't have to take drugs to live a normal life and to go to work. If, if you're having to take drugs to stay in a relationship, to get to work, to get out of bed, um, you shouldn't have to do that right. um, to have a normal life. If right. you're living in a toxic environment or a dangerous home environment, you got to think about changing it. If you're working in a toxic work environment, change it. Right. If you're in a dysfunctional relationship, change it. You shouldn't have to take drugs to fix these life challenges. You, you, right. you need to change that. And, and if, if you can't, yeah, if you can't change them immediately, then then you get treatment for yourself to help you cope right. with um, cope with those symptoms or to figure out what barrier is in the way to prevent you from that's preventing you from making those environmental changes. You know, sometimes right. 
sometimes it's because it's such a difficult choice because of the stress or the anxiety that comes with, you know, the, the fear of the unknown, you know, mm -hmm. not knowing what's going to happen if I quit this job and try to start another job. Um, you know, sometimes you just need to maybe need a little bit of therapy to help you overcome those per that personal struggle of dealing with that anxiety. So um, get that get that help for yourself um, to help you overcome yeah. some of those issues so that you yeah. can make changes to your environment. Yeah, and you've all heard, everybody has heard the, the words cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavior therapy. Mm -hmm. That's what those things are designed to do. They're designed mm -hmm. to change your thinking so that you change your reaction and you change your response and you change your emotions. Um, and you also learn to immunize yourself against toxic uh, colleagues and coworkers or toxic partners. So you could do some cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. Also, you gotta prevent the things that are creating the stress for you. Right. You, know, you don't have to move to another state, you don't have to leave a marriage, but you have to prevent those things that are creating the problems. Um, and then you can change, change what you can about yourself. Mm -hmm. And how many times have we said, you gotta start with the triumvirate, nutrition, sleep, and exercise. Right. You know, if you're not doing those three things, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be struggling. And to fix your struggles, you can start with those three things, eat better, sleep better, exercise more. Absolutely. So, so you know, again, just thinking about this difference between being stressed and, and experiencing what could be contributed to like a, a mental breakdown or nervous breakdown versus being depressed or anxious or some of these other true mental mm -hmm. health conditions, you know, right. it's really important that we are familiar with ourselves, We're familiar with, you know, what are your stressors and, and both your your personal stressors and what stressors in your environment are affecting you and 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 understand how much of those stressors you can take because you know there we all have a limit we all have a breaking point but right. the limit is different for each of us and so you right. know where that limit is and have some strategies or have something in place to 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 help you gain some relief as you're approaching that limit Right. You know, I talk, we, we talk to people all the time who say, well, I have to sleep eight or 10 hours. I can't go on four hours or I can't do this or I can't do that. You're right. We all have different breaking points. We, we all have a breaking point. Okay. Right. Um, you need to know what yours, where you, where is your breaking point? Where, you know, and you have to know that and you have to know what you need to do to make yourself better, you know, control what you can control, but you have to learn to let go of some things. Right. And you can also find, in the, even in the most difficult circumstances, you need to search for joy. It might be in your kids, it might be in your pets, it might be in a hobby. Mm -hmm. Find joy wherever you can find it. You know, there, there are things that you may not be able to change. And you need to know what those are. You know, the, the serenity prayer, you know, there's, there's some wisdom there. You have to know the difference, okay? So different people have different stressors. You got to know yours. Different people have different breaking points. You have to know yours. And what you'll do about it will depend on what's happened. If, you, if, you're, if it's a job, if it's a marriage, if it's a relationship, different situations require different things. But you have to find what works for you. Uh, for some people, it's quit that job and move on. For other people, I can't quit the job. I have to learn how to manage it. Okay. Absolutely. The last thing is decide what you can control 
And as William Glasser said, the only thing you can control is yourself and what you can't control. And you really can't control what other people are doing. Um, you can let them know how you're feeling, but you can't control what they do or what they think. So you have to decide what you can control. So as you, as you think about, maybe I'm having a nervous breakdown, think about these two treatment approaches. One is to change your circumstances. The other would be to change yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, that is it for today. Uh, the link to the, some of these articles is in the show notes. So I, we encourage you to check it out and read a little bit more in depth about um, with what some of the authors talked and, and shared with us. So that's it for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.